Welcome to this Good Friday noonday service. And thank you for gathering, taking a few moments to gather with us today. We'll be reading from John chapter 18 and 19 and meditating some uh, on what we find there in God's Word. So I would encourage you to follow along with us beginning in John chapter 18. Verse 1, when he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials From the chief priests and the Pharisees, they were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. In this section of Scripture, in this section of God's Word, notice the initiative of Jesus. Verse 4, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Verse 7, again he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Verse 11, Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Jesus knew that this was why he came. Notice the humble service of Jesus. Verses 8 and 9, Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Putting his disciples, his friends, before himself. 
the cup in verse 11. The cup the Father has given me. This is more than physical suffering. But the cup symbolizes God's wrath in Scripture. Jesus endured the agony of God's complete wrath. As we continue in God's word, we'll begin in chapter 19, verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. And when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate said? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It reads, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, divided them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one place, 
from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Jesus was mocked. Was mocked with a crown of thorns and a purple robe. Poking fun at the very idea that this Jesus was a king. Inscriptions were often put above crosses to indicate the crime that had been committed, encouraging others to be warned so that they would not follow in the same path. Jesus' crime was that he was the king. In the midst of great agony and suffering, notice that Jesus is again thinking of others. Verses 26 and 27, he's experiencing tremendous suffering and he is making sure that his own mother is cared for. John chapter 19, beginning in verse 28. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head, gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Later, Joseph Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. 
Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. None of the events on Good Friday were by coincidence. It wasn't by chance that Scripture predicted that the soldiers would divide Jesus' garments among them. It wasn't by chance that Scripture predicted that the one who suffered would thirst. It wasn't by chance that Scripture predicted that he would have pierced hands and feet. It wasn't by chance that Scripture predicted that his bones would remain unbroken. It wasn't by chance that Scripture predicted that he would be laid in a rich man's tomb. And it wasn't by chance that Jesus was sacrificed as the Passover lamb who takes away the sins of the world during the week of the Jewish Passover. This was all part of the divine plan of God from the beginning, which is why Jesus could proclaim from the cross It is finished. Jesus completed the mission that he had been sent to do. He had taken the penalty for sins. And today we remember the sacrifice of Christ. We ponder the price that he paid for our sins. We remember the physical suffering that he endured. and We remember the the agony of experiencing the complete and total wrath of God in our place. But as we remember it, as believers in Jesus, we remember it in the light of the resurrection. We remember it with the hope of new life, of restoration, of reconciliation of eternal life and salvation and forgiveness in Christ. And so I hope today, I hope the price that Christ paid for us will be on our minds and we'll think about it throughout today and throughout tomorrow. But all the while knowing that we are approaching the great resurrection Sunday. Just a moment, I'm going to pray, and when I conclude a prayer, verbalizing a prayer, as as Bob begins to to play, I want to invite you to, to spend a moment or two in prayer where you are, and then as the Lord leads you, uh, then you will be dismissed. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, 
forever and ever. Amen.